Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Joseph Pace. He's the writer and producer of The Game Changers. It's a new doc that you're going to want to see in the very near future. It's it's being called an anti-documentary in some respects. It's 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 about pretty much everything. It's about food. It's about plants. It's about science and the environment and evidence and ethics. It's about uh, truth and truth telling and, and and climate change. And it's about potential capital P. And 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 it's we get into statistics and 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 what true strength actually really means. I think that's fascinating. We talk about Bruce Lee and philosophy. We talk about nutrition and diet and and what it means to 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 be more effective if we aren't self-righteous in the way we approach certain issues we talk about livestock production and fresh water and, and animal feed and impact investing it's and how's this roman gladiators actually even make it into the conversation and more importantly into the film you really do need to listen in joseph is a fascinating guy he's got a lot to say he's been plant-based for years and uh, you need to find out more about what that means if you don't already know. So The Game Changers, it's coming up at Hot Docs in the very near future. Check it out online. Uh, the website is there. There's uh, more information to be had. But hopefully you'll be able to make it out to the film. And if not, you'll see it soon at a theater near you or possibly uh, online. Coming right up, Joseph Pace. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and speaking. And of course, face-to-facelive.ca where you can find hundreds now of interviews with filmmakers and writers and producers and actors and authors about the things uh, that matter and hopefully a great conversation uh, like the one coming up uh, about the Game Changers with Joseph Pace. Stay tuned. 
Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here today uh, to talk about a new film called The Game Changers. Joseph Pace is with us here as writer-producer to talk about a fascinating film that's uh, that's about about health and about the environment, about the climate, and it's evidence-based, and it's got some fascinating characters. It's executive produced by James Cameron, and we've got the writer-producer here with us today to talk about The Game Changers. Joseph, thanks for your time today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, so how about we start right in? Let's just dive in, and, and why don't we give our listeners a little bit of context, like to do that. Hopefully they've read a little bit of the, the, the website and the blurb, and they've got a little bit going in, and maybe even watch the trailer for the film coming up at Hot Docs, by the way, and uh, airing on, I think, Rush Tickets Only, I've heard, April 27th, April 28th, coming up in the very near future. Um, tell us a little bit about the film, and give us some context before we dive in with some questions. Sure. Well, um, you know, a lot of people are describing this as the sort of um, anti-documentary in the sense that a lot of documentaries are um, about issues, say, specifically around food or climate change or health are very informational, very information-heavy. And um, we, uh, you know, we're very committed to scientific rigor with the science that's presented in the film, but we decided to build build a more cinematic sort of documentary that sort of that follows um, the stories of some pretty interesting folks, especially the main character James Wilkes, um, trains Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, Marines, all that sort of stuff, and his journey of exploration after getting injured, looking into diet to see how he could recover as quickly as possible, and what he finds out, and some of the myths that he confronts along the way. So it's it's a you know it's a, a narrative film in some senses, um, lo- loaded with you know period science, but right. we wanted the, the visuals uh, and the stories to speak for themselves and to be uh, appealing in, on, the, on their own sort of platform. So I think that's one of the ways that we maybe break the mold a little bit is, you know, we try to make the, the film fun to watch. And one of the other differences is that we do real-time experiments in the film. Mm-hmm. So rather than mm-hmm. just citing studies right. about um, the effect of a, a meal on blood flow or something like that, we actually enlist... Um, test subjects like uh, three members of the Miami Dolphins or three college athletes or firefighters from Brooklyn to change their diet for a meal or a day or a week and see what impact these have on certain blood values or health outcomes. And of course, the people that oversee these experiments are world-renowned experts in whatever field it is we're conducting the test in. I think that those things make the film a little bit maybe more entertaining to watch. Well, it's fascinating, and it really is entertaining to watch, and, and congratulations on the film. I mean, I, I can't believe the, 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 the width and the breadth of it all and, and, and how deep you do go, and some fascinating subjects as well that you follow. I mean, how, how great is it, too, that you sort of start right out of the gate talking about Roman gladiators, you know, uh, and, and, and some of the... The, the evidence that you find. Can, can you talk a little bit about that and how it applies? I mean, uh, this, uh, what, what I find fascinating, uh, Joseph, about the film is like any great doc, it's, it's, it, it's about the subject matter that you see, you know, in the trailer and you read, you read the, the synopsis and so on, but there's so much more going on in this film than, than really meets the eye. And, it, and it, that kind of comes out as you get deeper into the narrative of, of the doc. Yeah, well, I'm glad you feel that way. That's what we were aiming for. But, you know, you never know until a lot of people see it, how they right. feel. Um, right. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the gladiator stuff was, was, you know, true to life. James, the, the story's main character and, main, and the narrator and also the producer and uh, also the guy I made the film with from the very beginning, um, the film sort of follows his natural journey 
and I think I mentioned at the, the top of the show that he he got injured and mm-hmm. uh, he was sparring with a future heavyweight um, UFC champion, tore both his knee ligaments right. in both of his knees, and he couldn't train for six to nine months. And he thought, okay, it's time to look at diet because I can't train. And he's really like sort of an A-type personality. I've got to do something. I've got to get back in the ring. got to get back to my work. And he started looking at nutrition, and he came across a study about the Roman gladiators. Uh, the study claimed that the only known burial site, uh, 69 skeletons, I believe, they unearthed in, in Ephesus, Turkey, which used to be part of the Roman Empire. Um, they did strontium analysis and stable isotope analysis, which is you know, a fancy way of saying that they took a really, really close look at, at their bones. And as you know, they're able to determine a lot based on the modern technology. And they discovered that they weren't eating animal foods. Or if they were, it was you know, almost untraceable. Right. And this, this shook James to the core, because as a tough guy and a fighter and a, a military trainer, um, he, like most guys who, who do this sorts of stuff, he, he does believe that you needed to eat meat to be strong and tough. It's right. pretty simple. And it, people can you know, frame it in different ways, that it's about the protein, or maybe it, they think it gives you more testosterone. Or maybe they think, conversely, that plant foods make you less strong, that soy... Right. Yep. as estrogen or so there's sort of a well there's uh, almost uh, like a sexist food. element right i mean that that comes out in the film as well right that whole that and with lifestyle advertising and you guys get into that in a really detailed fashion too around tobacco and, and cancer and so on but there is almost this to be a real man you got to eat meat yeah and he he bought that like he he, he swallowed that um whole in fact he he, there's a story when he when I first met him, he w- he would walk into a vegetarian restaurant by accident, look up on the menu, and just turn around. <laughs> so he didn't he would not eat a meal that didn't have animal products right. in it because he was that committed. Yes, um, I'll eat anything so with four he, legs. Right, exactly. Um, so when he saw this study about the gladiators, he he was really taken aback. And but the thing is, he had this mindset. So for 17 years leading up to this, he had studied what Bruce Lee called the truth in combat. Right, right, and, right. And Bruce Lee being the real originator of mixed martial arts, and the idea behind mixed martial arts is that there's all these different uh, martial arts that uh, utilize different patterns and forms, and they have a deep history, and you have, um, you know, this very specific pattern in order for you to advance through the belt system. Um, Bruce Lee sort of tossed that out and said, okay, this is all great, but let's focus on what works in a real-life situation. And, you know, he got a lot of flack for that at the time. Most people wouldn't realize that, but he was sort of within the traditional martial arts circle. Mm-hmm. A lot of people found that very threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then, he, then he became the godfather of mixed martial arts. And so James actually followed in the same footsteps. He was bullied when he was a teenager. And all of his advanced karate training did not work for him. Um, and he got really badly hurt, and he decided, okay, that's it. I've got to learn how to really defend myself. So that mindset was called the truth in combat, and it was based right. on the principle, uh, basic sort of tenet, which is that you research your own experience, accept what is useful, reject what is useless, and add what is specifically your own. And, and he those, felt in those, that moment. Those are, uh, Joseph, those are the four, those are the four tenets from, from Bruce Lee, essentially, right? I mean, I know Bruce Lee's, was... yeah, truth in combat philosophy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had this mindset already, and that's how he became one of the advanced military combatives experts in the world. Right. I mean, James was training the most elite of the elite, and he was training the people that trained them as well. So, and he only got to this place by being 
ruthless right. about the techniques that he had been taught and, and sort of taking the best from the best sort of thing. So that's the mindset that it's important to sort of remember is that when he found this study about the gladiators, he called bullshit, basically. He was right. like, this can't be true. Right. I know you need right. to eat meat. Right. Um, so he, and we, we took, and I met him right as this journey was started. So we flew to Vienna to meet with the actual uh, experts, wow. uh, the forensic, cool. forensic pathologists and, and anthropologists who did these studies and talked to them about how these studies uh, were conducted and where the bones were found and, you know, how, what about other gladiators' bones and how do we know this and how do we know that? And we just really went at it and, you know, James left convinced that legitimately it looked like that's what the Roman gladiators mm-hmm. ate, even within the texts at the time, like 2,000-year-old writings, they were called the, the barley men, is what hordiari actually means. It was a nickname for them. I mean, it was sort of widely known that this is the way they ate, and then this, the modern science proved it. So this was sort of like the call to action for James. He was like, okay, this is a truth that I was not prepared for, Right. that someone could right. be this strong, tough, recover this, and fight at that kind of level, life or death, every time you go into the arena. I better look into this. Yeah, and see whether there's any truth to it. Because if there is truth to it, that it's possible, um, maybe I should think about it. Because maybe there are advantages. But he wasn't at the advantage point yet. He was more in the "is it possible" point. Well, so and probably, start... and, pro- and probably like a lot of viewers in a, in kind of a, I would think even with all the writing and the and the and then and what's going on with a you know proper proteins and plant based diets, probably still in a bit of. I mean, I experienced a bit of it watching the film. Uh, that this this state of disbelief almost. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know what I mean. Like you just you you kind of don't want to buy it, right? In, in a way. No, not at all. I mean, it's just so ingrained. Like at my gym, you know, I just work out on the Danforth in Toronto. I live in Leslieville. There are lots of big guys in there. When I, you know, they know that I'm making a film, and they know basically that it's about nutrition and athletes. And I usually don't go too in, in depth, but I'll often show them like Patrick Baboumian's in the film. Um, right. Set the world record. <laughs> and when he set the world record, the heaviest weight ever carried by a human, he I think he weighed 305 pounds. Um, he has like 30 inch thighs. He's a big boy. He and sure is. Yeah. Now they're impressed with that, but what really changes the the conversation is when you say vegan. Right, right. And then, then, then the jaw drops. Then, like, sure. Come on. You're kidding. Like, they look at you like you've got to be joking. And that tells you a lot about how powerful a stereotype is. You know what, Joseph, like, you know you what? Are someone... you... Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you know what? Just sure. a little, little humor here. Are you a Star Wars fan? Yep. I remember in Empire Strikes Back, Yoda saying to Luke, how do you get so big eating food of this kind? Do you remember that line? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And the same with Patrick, because you end the film that way in Toronto, I think, at some yeah. uh, special event. And he's, is he carrying the most weight ever? Is that what that scene is? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It you just, you don't yeah. want to believe what you're seeing. No, it's the weight of a horse. So he, he in, in effect, like, he wouldn't be stable enough to do so, but he basically got, gets under a horse and carries it 10 meters or 30 feet. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy, yeah. Well, so, I think I think what I what I love about the film is is it so so my background's in philosophy, Joseph. So I've been studying, you know, uh, for many years. Formally studied, master's degree, uh, undergrad, and so on. But also just kind of ongoing reading. And so there's there's a whole ethical edge to this. But there really is this this um, hmm, this knowledge, uh, this evidence based edge to your film that's fascinating to me because you know. Uh, um, 
truth in combat, true strength you talk about at the end of the film. Well, what's really true strength about? True strength, I think, is being maybe able to admit that you were wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's brilliant. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And in fact, that's what all of these folks, even James, like his, Damien, James, Patrick, I think they're, I mean, Damien, you know, I'm a good friend. I'm good friends with Damien too. And I've, you know, obviously been down in Africa and what he does, but he says that he really never even felt that he had true courage until he mm. faced these internal struggles that, right. you know, he's jumping out of choppers in Iraq and, you know, doing what, like he says, most, you know, a lot of young boys dream of doing on, on a PlayStation. And that seems pretty courageous to most people, sleeping in a hole in the desert, sure. waking up, you know. Yeah. But he said, nah, that, that was about proving that I was tough. Right. He right. said the real, the real challenge came when, when I had to face my own motives, right. my own sense of self, yeah. and, and, and took that step. Like, what, is, what, what actions are in alignment with who I really am? Yeah. And do those actions challenge the behavior I'm in the middle of? And if so, can I change that behavior? Well, what's that, so, he said, what I love about that too, is the humility in that, right? Like, here's this guy who could, who could basically rip your head off carrying a weapon. And he's a part of this, would you call it like almost an anti-poaching, um, um, uh, team in Zimbabwe. Yeah. It's, and, it's, yeah. It's literally called the international anti-poaching foundation. Yeah. Former, former Navy SEAL, you know, soldier, et cetera. And here's this guy saying, no, actually, I had to reassess everything. I mean, there, there's a there's a serious amount of humility in that. Yeah, he's one of the most humble guys I've ever met, and yet he has seek and destroy tattooed across his chest. Um, <laughs> that's I mean, the best. literally. Yeah, yeah, I we love didn't show that. it in the film, but he did pull the shirt apart. Oh, that's um, hilarious. Yeah, he's he's a pretty pretty tough guy. Well, he's incredibly um, thoughtful too. I mean, isn't isn't Damien uh, the one who brought up that whole notion of um, flexible morality as well? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. He is. I mean, and um, I mean, even I know I've I've been plant based a long time, and I did some pretty gruesome research of my own in my for my thesis work in the late '90s in terms of like the way animals were treated and stuff like that. Right. I also studied nutrition, but hearing it from him was just like hearing it all over again. That's oh, how that's powerful cool. It was. Like these, I sort of you know having seen animals in these situations both wildlife and domesticated ones and farm animals. I've, I've always thought, geez, this isn't really consistent with, you know, the way I would want to treat an animal. But hearing a guy with his background, who's seen the amount of death and suffering, or mm. partaken in it, for that matter. And also, one thing that it doesn't come across in the film, but isn't will be in the extended interviews, is he himself was a hunter and a poacher. Wow, okay. Yeah, so the, the not, ironies, you know, right? Just, yeah. 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 So for, for him, everything changed. And, and actually, everyone in the film, there's a deeper backstory there. Um, in the final, final cut, we're going to try to develop these backstories a little bit more. Okay. Um, but if, if we don't, if they don't make the final cut of the film, they're going to be in the extras that we put on the net because the, these folks are a lot more fascinating than we, we did. We couldn't do it justice. Seems, seems, seems to me you're going to get a ton of interest and already have. It's played, played at Sundance, I believe, and, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about audience reaction this one. But you've got a, a, also a really high-level Hollywood interest with, with James Cameron, executive producer, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, getting behind this. How, how the heck did you get those guys involved? Well, it was a, you know, it was a slow crawl. I mean, I James bet. and I first started, yeah, when we first, James actually bought equipment off of Craigslist, uh, like lighting and camera stuff, um, before we had any clue what was going on. And then we sort of looked at that footage and thought, 
okay, this is really bad, and we'll never be able to use this. Our goal originally was just to make, you know, I think James just wanted something we could release on the Internet. Yeah, that would no, break the I, myth. I can appreciate and that. And then yeah. we thought, this is a bigger process. We raised, uh, I think our first round of funding was a quarter of a million, and wow. we felt like absolute titans when we raised that money. No we kidding. Thought, how did we do this? This is incredible. Like, we were just, you know, thought it was impossible, and then it happened, and we, 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 we you know, we, we had a director on board who had done some other stuff, but not anyone near Louis caliber. But then what we did is we went out and filmed and got maybe 100 hours of footage. And we, we went and looked at it, and this would have been the fall of 2013. And we thought, uh-oh, we've got really, really good material here and really interesting stories. Like when we found out, for example, Patrick's backstory right. about losing his dad. His, his family, yeah. yeah and and his, his sister in a car accident, and then... You know, later, he, he wants to be able to lift a car literally off the ground to sort of um, wish that he could have done that when he was like four years sure. old. Yeah. Um, we just started seeing these stories, like Damien's story, and it was no longer just a film about protein and mythology, but it was about like um, people with interesting stories, and, and sort of James's story started to emerge. Uh, so we decided to go on the hunt for a uh, you know, world-class director, and we found out later that James Cameron had already been following the project. You know, he's interested in plant-based stuff. He's also interested in military stuff. Um, if you notice, his films usually have a pretty heavy military element. <laughs> yeah. And um, For yeah. sure. Yeah. And um, as soon as we got Luis Sahoyos on board as our director, and that's another story I can tell you, but just to jump to Cameron, we got an email. We got a call that invited us all down to his place in Malibu, and we were like, this can't be real. That can't, one of the this can't be real. happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just crazy. And we'd all, you know, and you always have these thoughts like, okay, so we've heard, you know, you read about Cameron having a certain temperament and, you know, oh, maybe he's this big Hollywood, you know, uh, tyrant who's going to like try to take over the film. And the opposite happened. We, we showed up at his house. He was gracious. He was down to earth. Uh, and I'm really not just saying this because he, he supported us. I, I would say something nice, I'm sure, no matter how he was, but I wouldn't go to this link. I mean, right. There, right. He didn't ask for anything. He said, you need funding. You yeah. need to use my name. That's you cool. need uh, my support team. Uh, anything you guys want. And then he goes, but I know this is your film, so I'm never going to step in your toes. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be heavily involved and, like, sway the course of the film. You can ask me my opinion. I'd be happy to give it. And that's the way he's been the whole time. Well, that's from amazing. The very beginning. Real, real generosity yeah. there. Yeah, so that was crazy. So when that happened, then, of course, everything else started falling into place. Yeah. And now we have, I mean, I don't know if you researched who our executive producers are, but it's really crazy. It's, and these are people that found remarkable. out about the film, yeah. wanted to support us, care about plant-based stuff, you know, sort of taking over and, and making the planet, in, in ha you know, uh, habitable in the future for kids and grandkids and all that basic stuff around land use and pollution and most of them, I think, a lot of environmentalists, um, some people that yeah. are health activists, yeah. a few people, for them it's about animals, but yeah, it's been crazy. Ever since Cameron came on board and we started filming and we started showing these folks some of the footage we were getting, I think that people in the space realized that this was something different. Well, and this is, I mean, what a, te what a testament to, to the narrative, to the subject matter, to, what the, to, to the stories that you guys were following, and what I love, too, for this kind of thing is just the, the potential for dialogue and conversation. Because for me, this is a film about potential. It's a film about opportunity and, and about what's next or, or what might not be next if we're not careful. And, and it's so, 
there's there's so many layers and so when you got people like that coming on board it's <laughs> must have been pretty 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 incredible and also a real real shot in the arm i would think too from a produ- production perspective yeah very yeah amazing i mean i think our budget yeah it would, <laughs> it doubled or tripled at least two or three times so I, I, yeah it's a pretty yeah and that that's sort of what allowed us to i don't know if, if you heard but our our um, office production office and post production office at the Skywalker Ranch. Um, oh, so literally on. right that's... next. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know it's crazy. So that's... right next door to us, um, while we were editing, Star Wars was being made. Um, oh, that's pretty fun. Yeah, so it's just yeah, it's it's crazy. So we have really like world class facilities for editing and and again, we didn't do this like I'm from Owen Sound and I didn't have <laughs> money and it, this wasn't a yeah you know I've got to have a the, the highest quality thing or I won't put my name on it. it right. More that we, we really looked at, you know, the concept that the medium is the message. And um, I think that that's sort of when you've got really high production values on, I mean, how is how are meat, dairy, and eggs marketed to people? I mean, these are high production values, whether it's McDonald's or whatever. I mean, that's how the standard Canadian or American diets are, are advertised is with, with a lot of money and in the billions of dollars. So it didn't make sense to me to make a film that looked like it was, you know, worth a few thousand dollars right. because people unfortunately just turn their TVs or their phones or they just move on to the next yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, look as, right, right out of the gate, you guys established that with the establishing shots. I mean, just beautiful, right? The extreme sports, the, I mean, it, the bodies, the, 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 yeah, the images are just, are, are gorgeous, astounding, really. I'm going to, going to, going to draw people in for sure. I mean, the thing, I mean, the thing, wow, there's so many different entry points here for conversation, and we're so not going to have enough time to get into it all, Joseph. But oh, we, I'd love to do you a, know, we can love to do a panel discussion. You know, we got to we got to get more people involved. You know, um, but when you hear a stat like, no wonder these executive producers, no wonder you you've got Cameron and others involved. One hamburger, twenty four hundred liters of embedded water. I mean, I, I mean, the phrase embedded water, I love that. To me, is a documentary in the making, but. But is that really true? Yeah, I mean, in, in fact, I think that's, you know, it's, it's funny because Louis, you know, is a really high-profile filmmaker. And uh, a couple years ago, we were at Sundance together when the film was still in the works. And I met the head of the Discovery Channel. Um, and Louis said, okay, you got 30 seconds to pitch him on your film. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, now that's an elevator pitch, right? Yeah. This, like, you know, the head of the biggest... Um, TV network on the, on the planet, like yeah. a couple yeah. billion potential viewers. And so, and interestingly, their, their uh, I don't know what you call it, their logo or whatever, the spinning earth and the D. But so I basically just had a moment of luck and I looked up at that and I said, well, see that spinning sphere up there? And he was, John was like, yeah. And I said, well, half of the, roughly half of that landmass on that entire planet goes to livestock production. And then I said, uh, about a quarter of the world's fresh water, and then the United States came along. I said, half of the United States' fresh water, um, 80% of the, see the Amazon there? 80% of that roughly has been cut down for livestock production. Mm. Um, it's the number one cause of biodiversity loss, habitat loss, water pollution. And if you believe in climate change, up in Canada, most of us do, and only half of you do down here, it's also a bigger cause of greenhouse gas emissions in the entire transportation sector. And I said, it's all being driven by one myth, which is that we need animal protein to be strong and healthy. And our film is about destroying that myth. So we have a future. And he was like, 
you know, and I sort of thought, really, did I just say that? Because it, <laughs> it was very lucky, to be honest. But that is the reality, is that it's only, you know, that they say um, custom will reconcile people to any atrocity. There's that, I forget who, the, who said that, it might have been Voltaire or someone. But the concept is that when you're used to something and, and it's normal, you no longer notice um, how bad it is, if it is indeed very, very bad. Yeah, and you know what, Jared, Jared, have you read Jared Diamond? Jared Diamond calls it creeping, yeah. creeping normalcy. It just, right. it just comes right. on you without knowing, and this is what happened in Easter Island, and this is why they cut down all the trees and why it was such just an environmental disaster, right? Because you don't notice it. You're so embedded. Well, this is why I love that phrase, in, embedded water, right? I mean, it's just, and this is why your, your, your film deserves to be, to be, to be looked at on a deeper level, pull, peel back some of those layers, you know? I mean, what are the, 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 the I mean, you see those immediate implications, but what are the far-reaching yeah. implications? How is, you know, I mean, in, uh, anyway, it's uh, really quite remarkable. Yeah, and it, I think the thing is, is that it, it, it's, it's really far removed for most people. Right. So, like, right. if you drive through the prairies, which I have a few times, you don't realize that between, you know, 70 to 80 percent of all the crops that you're looking at are used for animal feed. Mm. And that that animal, that that's a very, and the, the issue would, is it like, okay, so if it was a one-to-one ratio, in other words, if it was efficient to feed that to those animals and the product was healthy, maybe that system would make some sense. But it's, you know, a, on average, it's a five-to-one, and you know, input-to-output ratio. So if you, five pounds of grain, soy, right. corn, one pound of product. And in the process of that, you lose all the fiber, a lot of the vitamins, um, all the carbohydrates, the healthy ones, and you get like a product that we now know doesn't really contribute to human health in the long run. So it's really inefficient. I mean, mind-blowingly inefficient. Yes. If you were stuck on a desert island and you had a few acres, you would not want a cow with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you wouldn't want any animal. You wouldn't want any livestock. I mean, you really want to figure out what plant matter you could eat, and that's sort of what you know indigenous people have always known. Some of the anthropologists that we talked to said, other than on the poles, like circumpolar people, like the Inuit, almost every culture throughout all of history has derived at least 80% of their calories from plants because they're their most ubiquitous resource in almost any environment. Even there are areas in, like, for example, Tanzania, where there are 40,000 kilograms of root vegetables per acre. And there, there is no such, like, um, animal equivalent and, you know, right. animals are right. hard to catch and they're dangerous to try to catch. But, you know, people, whether it's North America, South America, Africa, Europe, Asia, have always relied primarily on plants. And I think that that sort of, when we started moving into herding animals and then farming animals, and then that sort of took over the planet, you know, and, and if you sort of, you know, you're a student of history, I can tell, if you sort of follow the, um, you know, the Tigris and the Euphrates, and this is getting a little academic, but if you saw, sort of follow the Greco-Roman Empire through the British Empire and the American Empire, and you look at some of the things they have in common, one of them is that they're all herding cultures, and right. they all right. had a very extensive livestock sort of um, foundation. And that, that requires massive tracts of land, massive amounts of feed when you get to that place in history. And again, the, and sort of to end this, uh, this monologue, uh, it's just it really, really inefficient. So from an environmental point of view, you know, sw- moving into to plants is a must if we want to 
I, have a planet we could I forget on. the woman's name but the Olympic cyclist who who ultimately Dottie. went yeah who ultimately went on to win um she talks about eight they won by eight one hundredths of a second and right I mean the, the I mean talk about the little things making a big difference right and yeah. and look at the little things here make I mean and I think and I think what what I what I also really appreciated about your film you don't you know it looks like, how can you believe anything else after watching this film? I mean, this is like a visual essay playing out in front of my eyes, and I'm going, how could I ever eat meat again, right? So, so, so really so. But you, you, you kind of ended, and even, even Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, kind of sort of says, uh, listen, it had a profound impact on my whole body, this, this diet thing, but you don't have to do it all at once, right? It's not, you're not, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and just go, plant-based necessarily it's a bit more you know it's eight one hundredths of a second at a time perhaps right no no i couldn't agree more and i think that's a huge i mean we sort of like the plant-based vegan movement or whatever i don't know is it a movement i'm not is sure it a movement it, yeah. yeah yeah um you know i i've been plant-based for 30 years so i wow. understand that passion yep. especially in the beginning yep. right because you discover something that's monumental yeah and it's true that this is an inefficient, perhaps very violent and unhealthy and unsustainable system. And you look at all the, how far these, the, how deep the, the reaches of this industry goes, and you would think, you know, seven out of ten people die from food they eat. Mm. You know, I lost mm. both my grandparents on my mom's side to heart disease before I was even born. So, I mean, these are true ramifications of unhealthy diets. And then there's the environment, of course, and the animals themselves. Um, and so I think that, that, that the problem is you, you, you find out about this and you want to tell everybody. But the thing is you don't yeah. really know that much yet. Yeah. You're, you're, you're become, well, you're a convert, right? Yeah. And, and it reinforces your decision and any insecurity you may still have to try right. to convert other people. Funny. Yeah. And then so what happens That's is good. you have a bunch of people who maybe have stumbled upon a truth of some kind but don't really have the skill set to bring that to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, sadly, we're going to have to, 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 to wrap it up here shortly, but, uh, look, looking forward to connecting with you face to face, hopefully at hot docs. But, you know, th- again, film is, is about, it's about, it's about a little bit about everything. It seems to me any great doc, uh, you know, we, maybe we chapped kind of closing the loop on this. We chatted about it out of the gate, I think, but you know, you touch on so many things. We're talking about ethics. We're talking about the environment and how to raise children and, and look after our parents and antioxidants and the hell you get, you even get into sex and we didn't even talk about that for crying out loud. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed there actually, Joseph, but but one of the, the things that I really love near the end of the film, one of the doctors talks about how, how um, your genes are not necessarily your fate. And I just, I just thought that was so wonderful because once again, now we've touched on a whole other thing. This is about choice, right? It's about potential. Right. It's about the future. It's about opportunity. Sure, we might be genetically predetermined to some degree, but hang on a minute here. We can come alongside ourselves and our families and our planet and maybe make better choices in the future. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny because a lot of things converge there. I think that there's, this, there's a really interesting concept that you don't really have freedom unless you know what you're choosing between. Right, right. Um, right, so I think that that's sort of the goal. Are We really sincerely don't want to tell people what to do. We agree with Arnold when he says, you know, you tell people what to do, they, they will say, F you, F you, to that's tell right. me what to do. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was never our goal. Our goal was just to say, you know, hey, uh, 
from James's perspective in particular, the wool had been pulled over his eyes, and um, he pulled it back and saw sure. some stuff that he didn't realize was there. And if, if that was our singular, the singular outcome of the film was that people were able to, you know, approach these very important issues um, with a more critical mindset, that we would be really, really happy. And I think that the, the thing that you bring up about genetics is really important, and it's a little technical, but, you know, genetics um, has sort of evolved into epi- epigenomics, so the concept that your genes are like a blueprint, but that <clears throat> the decisions that you make in terms of the lifestyle that you lead are sort of the building blocks right. for that blueprint. Right. So you may have a predisposition, and there are people that are very highly predisposed, but fortunately they're in the minority to certain diseases. The rest of us make decisions every day that actually you know, either um, <clears throat> push us into directions of those tendencies or push us away. And I think that that's, you know, that's an emerging science, but it's become very clear with certain cancers, uh, diabetes, um, heart disease, and I think we're going to see in the future that I think Dr. Ornish touched on even diseases like Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. are connected to our decisions. So I think that's, you're right, that's very empowering for me to look at my grandparents who died, you know, before the age of 65 from heart disease, and my parents are plant-based and in their 80s now. Um, And, you know, they've been eating this way roughly since I started. And you look at their genes and what happened to their families and what's currently happening to their families and their siblings and so on, and you sort of think, you know, it's really sad that more people don't know about this. So that's one of the reasons why I appreciate this chat, because, you know, at the at the b- bottom of it, we really do want this information out there. Well, um, so. Yeah, no, it's great. It's And, and, and this is, this is the, here, here, can I go a little philosophical? It's This is the existential angle to your film. I mean, it is about agency. This is about choice. We can make a difference. And that's what, I mean, we, there are reasons to be hopeful, you know, and we, you know, it doesn't look like we're heading in the right direction when you, you know, flip through Al Jazeera's homepage and you head over to BBC and then maybe read Vox. It doesn't look always like we're going in the right direction. But when you see uh, a film like this and have a conversation like this, you think, you know what, there's, there's reasons to, to, uh, to, to pursue other possibilities other choices and i and i think wow i, I mean look at look at the, the i love that you bring up the <laughs> that one ad is hysterical from i guess probably the 50s but more more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette i mean i just laughed out loud and and i mean how, how far away from now are we going to look back and say the same thing about the way the way we treated animals and, and the fact that we even ate them in the first place you know it's it's uh yeah listen joseph thank you so much i mean what a what a pleasure chatting with you and uh, it's hey can i go corny it's been a game changer seriously it really has <laughs> um but oh, no, I, re- I appreciate your time to, uh, chatting with uh joseph pace today about um uh, his new film uh, as writer and producer the game changers coming coming soon to a theater near you but going to be at hot docs april 27th and 28th and i would imagine joseph a little word or two about um you're working on a theatrical release as well i would imagine yeah we're in great discussions we're in a really lucky position so we have some uh big online streaming services amazing i'll say who are interested in the film and then some more conventional nice uh networks and um yeah so studios also so yeah we're we're very excited and we're just looking at our best options our goal has always been to reach the most people that we can um for us it's not you know um mainly about money um it'd be nice to recoup our budget sure so we can we can pay people back but really even our investors are impact first investors and supporters right. so sure. 
Sure. Yeah, we just want to reach as many people as we can, and, and it looks like we're going to be able to do that pretty soon. Well, you've made a you've made an investment from an impactful perspective with the with the film itself. Never mind the never never mind the money and the conversation that's going to be created as a result of it. I think is remarkable. I I, I hope everybody gets to see the film. Joseph Pace today talking about the game changers. Thanks a lot, Joseph. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.